0: You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. This episode is part of the series on the effectiveness of psychoanalysis. Does psychodynamic psychotherapy work? With Dr. Nicolas Lorenzini. One of the um, comments in the the previous videos of Berlin Psychoanalytic uh, was asking whether we could make a video on does psychoanalysis work? Which is, it's a fair question, actually. And spoiler alert, it does. (laughs) Thank you very much. That was the video. No, no, really. Um, How do we know, first of all, if a therapy works or doesn't? We compare it with something that works already. Um, So, for example, we know that cognitive behavioral therapy has been already 40, 45 years studying the effect it's got in different psychopathologies, let's say depression or anxiety or personality disorders. And what we do is to take something that it works more or less okay, and we compare it to psychoanalysis or psychodynamic psychotherapy, which is based on psychoanalysis, but it looks more like a normal psychotherapy. doesn't necessarily mean that people are on the couch, etc, etc. And psychoanalysts for a long while were a bit reticent or resistant to do these kind of studies, because they had their personal experience in which psychoanalysis did work and also they were a bit resistant to um, get in a very capitalist game, we could say, of measuring everything with numbers and measuring well-being and health and uh, self-realization with statistics. And it, it makes some sense, but on the other hand, psychoanalysis started of lagging behind all the therapies that had no ethical problems with measuring everything in numbers. So slowly psychoanalysis, because of this reason, started dropping off the curriculum of many universities, uh, started dropping off, uh, let's say, public health systems that needed numbers in order to count people and invest money. And there was this resistance for a couple of decades. But it's been, I would say, 20 years already in which this has been reversed. Uh, So you get a lot of very, very important and intelligent people from the psychoanalytic world who are uh, also working with statistics, with public health systems, and trying to measure, compare psychoanalysis to other psychotherapies, etc., and to see if it works or it doesn't. That's why I say it's a fair question, the one that they do in the comments, because there is this feeling still that psychoanalysis doesn't have any evidence. And for a while, that was true. And maybe the fact that it's, been, it's taken a while for the evidence, the evidence that actually exists to be public is a problem that we have with science in general. I mean, every time someone discovers something that ends up in the general public around 17 years later. So in this case, slowly, we are, doing the, we are making the case for psychoanalysis as something that works because we've compared it. And the way we compare it is uh, we have two groups of people who are more or less the same in, in characteristics, same age, same gender, etc, and we put them to do one kind of psychotherapy that we know works and psychoanalysis. and then we compare at the end of the psychotherapy if that worked or not, and how different did they work. That's what we do. So psychoanalysis has been tried in what we call different diagnostic groups because when you play with the statistics and with this kind of comparative studies you have to kind of keep your limits really really close so you can actually compare two groups that are more or less the same so for example we um, do a study in which we see if cognitive behavioral therapy or psychoanalysis work better than each other in a particular Diagnosis, for example, for people who have depression or for people who have bulimia or for people who have an addiction to substances. So we separate in groups that many times are not present in reality as such. With that, I mean that normally when you have someone with depression, they probably will have anxiety as well. But we are measuring only the effects on depression. That's one of the ethical problems that psychoanalysts had with doing this work in which like, it looks like a laboratory work and sometimes this doesn't happen in real life. But because of the reasons I said before that we had to kind of get back onto the university curriculum or getting back on into being able to offer this from a public health service, being able to offer psychoanalysis, we've been measuring psychoanalysis and getting very good effectiveness uh, compared to other methods, including psychopharmacology, for example normally psychotherapy is better than psychopharmacology in general, and psychoanalysis is not the exception there. But it's quite effective in depression, psychoanalysis, in anxiety disorders, in eating disorders, except bulimia, and in somatic disorders. So somatic complaints that have psychic cause. But there is little evidence, which is different to say that it doesn't work. It means that there are not many studies, or how people say in university, A lack of evidence is not the evidence of a lack. So there is a little bit of evidence uh, that says that psychoanalysis is not that effective for post-traumatic stress disorder, for example, or obsessive compulsive disorder, or bulimia, as I was saying before, or dependence to cocaine, for example, or psychosis in general. Psychoanalysis as such doesn't work there, so there are some modifications of psychoanalysis that are trying to address why it doesn't work here. And the the topic of does psychoanalysis work or not is super connected to the other topic that is like why psychoanalysis works and why psychotherapy in general works. Spoiler alert again, we don't know. No one knows. The strongest evidence that we have for psychoanalysis is in long-term interventions on psychoanalysis in certain severe personality disorders, especially in one we call borderline personality disorders but normally it's equivalent to other effective psychotherapies. So, normally what you see is like... let's say cognitive behavioral therapy and psychoanalysis, they are both effective. But normally they are effective to a 50% of the people you treat. With psychopharmacology, with medication, it's a bit less than that. But that means that whatever the, the psychotherapy you end up using, being it cognitive, humanist, Jungian, Freudian, etc., etc., it's gonna be useful as much as other therapies, but for a definite group of people, not to everyone, which makes the case that when you offer psychotherapy to someone, be able to offer different kinds of psychotherapy I'm not necessarily talking of being a therapist oneself and knowing several kinds of therapy, but for example, in a hospital, you should have therapies that work from different perspectives because they're beneficial for different kinds of people. And spoiler alert, we don't know what these people are defined by. There are some ways of knowing, but uh, still nothing like super secure that we know of. For this group of people, Cognitive behavioral therapy is better for this one, uh, psychoanalysis is better, etc. There are, recognized right now by official psychology associations, something like 1,270 something psychotherapies, kinds of psychotherapy, that have evidence enough for you to say that this works. And one of them is psychoanalysis, proper, But many of them are little modifications of psychoanalysis that we call psychodynamic psychotherapy, um, and they work. So that's the answer to the question, does psychoanalysis work? Yes, it does. does. Is it much better than other things? Not necessarily, but for a certain group of people, it will be more effective. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.